Big Dumb Movie is a comedic podcast that often contains obscene language and outlandish commentary. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss movies of the Big Dumb variety. I'm your host, Corey, and I'm joined today with two persons. First up, Jonathan. Hey, guys. And Pappy Malcolm. Am person, confirmed. (laughs) Confirmed. Jonathan, favorite Adam Sandler movie and why? Go. That one is probably going to be Billy Madison. Uh, I like his uh, breakout role. I like that he stuck to his guns and acted the way he wanted to act and didn't conform to what the production company wanted him to do. And and I think that he's a, a, a bigger star for it in the long run. So this very movie, Billy Madison, yeah. that's your pick. That's going to be one of them, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like a lot of his movies, though. That's the hard part. Well, I'm the opposite. I hate a lot of his movies. Yeah, but I know. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Pappy, favorite Adam Sandler movie and why go? Definitely Uncut Gems. Not even close. I'm not a big Sandler dude. I, I did a good job of avoiding him and his works of art for most of my life uh but that's just like on another level one of my favorite movies of one of the best years in movies 2019 i agree and that i mean that's i feel like the right answer if there was one like uncut gems is a really strong movie mainly because it's not him being a goofball in my opinion i know a lot of people like the adam sandler goofball stuff and that's probably why he's been so popular throughout the years obviously jonathan likes it so it has some merit Uh, but also punch drunk love is a really strong movie i've talked about it on this podcast a lot it's a paul thomas anderson movie it's another one where he's playing a dramatic role there's some comedic elements to it but it's definitely not your typical sandler movie in terms of comedy have you guys ever seen that one either of you no i have not no okay well put it on your list it's pretty good Does he do gibberish voices in Punch Drunk Love, at least? I don't believe he does. Mm. So to to answer the other part of your question was which movie that I don't like, I absolutely can't stand his character in Uncut Gems. I I like the movie, but I hate the character that he plays. I hate the role. Dude, I, I, I don't like seeing him conform to these like serious roles to try to expand his portfolio or whatever the fuck he's doing. Oh my God. I think it's straight trash. And I think he just needs to stick to the, the stupid comedy that he's uh, used to. Wow. We I, really got all sides of the argument here. Don't yeah. we? <laughs> from, from grownups forward and all those Netflix, you know, deals that he's made for all these movies. They're all trash. They are trash. At least we yeah. can agree on that. Yeah. Because including uncut gems which you guys both no, just said that, that does you not like. count that is not like, a happy madison production I, I i like the movie i can't stand his role so grown-ups is one that would be on my least favorites it's just like I, I haven't seen the full thing though so i can't actually say it but like there's a few that i've seen parts of that i just could not get through like grown-ups pixels blended i fucking hate those movies but i haven't seen them all the way through so i'm just gonna say Either Little Nicky for me or Hubie Halloween mm. are my least favorite. Little Nicky is just fucking obnoxious. And that budget, is, is that's a big budgeted movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it's very hard to watch. Pappy, what about you? What are some you don't like? Yeah, I, I will go with the Meyerowitz stories. I'm with you, Jonathan, in that if I'm going to watch an Adam Sandler movie, it's 
I'm expecting a certain level of stupidity that I want to laugh at at the movie, not with the movie, at the movie. We did a podcast over on spoilers for the Meyerowitz stories, and like we were all gung ho to like spoil this terrible Adam Sandler's movie. Adam Sandler movie ended up being kind of like I, I don't know. Have you seen that, Kylo? No, I don't know anything about that. It's a Noah Baumbach movie, so it's very like hipstery. Like I don't. It's all about the family. Uh, Dustin Hoffman like plays. I think he plays like Ben Stiller's dad, and Adam Sandler's kind of like in it on the side. I don't know. It, we did a, see we did a podcast on it. I can barely remember it. Like it either needs to be like the worst thing ever, like so bad it's good, or actually like in the case of like you know something that's kind of decently funny, I would enjoy that. But like I remember the Meyer stories just being like way up its own its own asshole. But Jonathan, I gotta ask if if not Adam Sandler, who's supposed to play? Howard then in Uncut Gems, who would you recast that role? I probably wouldn't even have watched it if it was anybody else. But you liked the movie. I mean, yeah, it was it was all right. It wasn't like you are, I mean, I didn't turn it off. You're a true puzzle, Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a, I got a weird I got a weird set of, of Before we get too far down the rabbit hole and I forget, there's something that I gotta do. I gotta apologize on our last podcast which was House on Haunted Hill, I made a mistake that I later realized. I said Kirstie Alley was in Children of the Corn. She is not. That's Linda Hamilton. So I was Uh, wrong there. Kirstie Alley was in Village of the Damned, which is another evil kid movie, a different one. (laughs) Did somebody bring this up like on YouTube or something and comment? No, but you know, if we had enough listeners, I'm sure one of them would. (laughs) Not that many people. I would not want Linda Hamilton to come down and hunt my ass over this uh, (laughs) Name mix up. Yeah, Terminator Dark Fate style. Like yeah, she's coming exactly. at you with the sawed off. <laughs> I'll be back. Fuck that movie, by the way. <laughs> but I like this momentum we have here on Big Dumb Movie right now, where we're kind of like naturally flowing between episodes. A few episodes back, we did Casper. And on that episode, Josh and I brought up House on a Hunted Hill. So that was our next podcast, naturally. And on House on a Hunted Hill, we talked about Billy Madison. So here we are now doing Billy Madison. It's a good it's a good bit of momentum, I think. But also, this was suggested by a listener after listening to the House on Haunted Hill episode on Instagram. Evan McDonald said we should do this, so this one's for you, buddy. You're welcome, Evan. You're welcome, Evan. Can I make a couple honorable mentions of Adam Sandler movies that I do enjoy? Okay, I'll give it to you. Okay, Go ahead. it's just a couple. Okay, and I know one of them that actually you do like, which is Airheads. I do like Airheads. Right? So that's a good one. He wasn't a leading guy, but he was still had a pretty good, considerable size role in that. I movie. think that's a part of why I like him in that movie. It's because you know he's just a kind of comedic relief that pops up every now and then. He's yeah. third build, I think. Yeah, for sure. I like uh, the Wedding Singer, which was pretty good. Especially, I mean, the soundtrack and kind of the story is pretty cool. And that was the first one he worked with Drew Barrymore. Um, they work together a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They've done a few like uh, blended also, which I hate. Yeah, the Water Boy. I mean, you know, there's it's just they're You're classics, man. <laughs> Big Daddy, come on, come on. I like Big Daddy. Yeah. Anyways, I, but he's like got this trend of doing like like remaking old classic movies, and they're they're pretty hit or miss. You mean like the Longest Yard? And longest Yard. Mister Deeds was a a remake of an old uh, Mr. movie. Deeds also, comes to town. Yeah, that movie's awful. As we established on spoilers once. But anyway. <laughs> Anyways. 
All right. Uh, another quick thing, because I forget to do this, and I think it's fun. I just wanted to ask your guys' like experience with Billy Madison. For me, it was a big part of my childhood. I watched it a lot. I watched a lot of the early Adam Sandler movies a lot, and I listened to his albums. So he was kind of a big part of my childhood. What about you, Pappy? Yeah, we either had the best of Adam Sandler SNL on DVD or we had a couple and we just watched that one a lot. But this was like my main Adam Sandler movie growing up. We didn't own it or anything, but it ran on AMC all the time. And I think it was also on Comedy Central quite a bit and maybe also on TBS a little bit. But I think I mostly watched it on AMC and yeah, just dozens and dozens of times on, on TV. Nice. What about you, Jonathan? I was thinking about this earlier, and I kind of remember like when we were in elementary school. I remember you quoting this movie in elementary school. Like, and I don't I couldn't remember which line it was. And I don't know, it was something like it was probably like the stop staring at me swan like uh, (laughs) quote, or I don't know, something from this movie. Like I remember you running around at school thinking you were like a cool kid, like quoting Billy Madison. I was pretty far from a cool kid, but I think you're right. Yeah, that was that was definitely me. I yeah. also quoted Happy Gilmore a lot. A lot. Like that was yeah. my shit. I thought he was like the coolest guy in the world in Happy Gilmore because he was like a tough guy that liked hockey and like didn't conform to the boring sports. <laughs> right. And like Corey always cheered for like the underdog rebel guy. You know, the guy out there wearing his flannels and jorts playing golf. <laughs> well, enough about me. <laughs> Let's talk about Billy Madison, a 1995 movie directed by Tamara Davis, who uh, I looked at her resume a little bit. She directed a lot of music videos, including the uh, the butt of everyone's jokes when we were kids, Jonathan Mbop. By Hanson. Do you remember how much me and you used to make fun of that oh fucking shit? Oh my god. Yeah. We used to make fun of those girls all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we liked them secretly. <laughs> Everyone loved the Hanson brothers. You take that back, John. When I used to spend the night at Corey's house, we would like do mob karaoke. Oh my god. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> what karaoke? What kind? This isn't something I'm super proud of admitting, but... <laughs> I had this like boom box that you, it had like a double tape deck so you could like record music onto another tape from one tape but you can also put in a mic and talk over it so like on top of an actual song it would be me and Jonathan's like not singing but like commentary <laughs> <laughs> early podcasting over seriously was we were like 12 <laughs> it was it was typically like limp biscuit and wrestling intro songs and <laughs> sometimes it would be Hanson. DX intro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Stone Cold's intro. And like Beastie Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the days. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. This director, Tamara Davis, I mean, you did some reading on her, right? Yeah, I actually read one article with her that she wrote and it was published, I think, in like the Washington Post or LA Times, something like that. So during the uh, production of Billy Madison, Tommy Boy was being recorded at the same time with Chris Farley and David Spade. And so them being best friends with Adam Sandler at the time, she actually went and would hang out with them every night. And they had this game where they would fake their own death and wait for somebody to come up, like 
to roll up in. on him and walk in on him and be like, what the fuck just happened? And um, she said that there were two memorable deaths. The first one was they found Chris Farley butt naked with an Evian water bottle stuck up his ass. <laughs> and the second one was Adam Sandler strangled with women's underwear. <laughs> wow, Farley with a bottle up his ass. That's Evian that's, bottle. That's got to be a Detail. sight to see, man. Yeah. <laughs> If you remember, like the Evian water bottles, they were like really wide. Like the only small part was the lid. Like that's it. Like if you had a full liter, it was like, it was massive. Uh, so, so you think he got like more than just the cap in there? I don't know, man. <laughs> Chris Farley's ass could handle it. That's no problem. <laughs> With the amount of like drugs that he was always on, like I'm sure he could handle anything. He was very hardcore. Of all the movies in the 90s you would have told me were directed by a woman, Billy Madison would have been way down on my list of guesses, though. I just, you don't even think about it being directed by a woman back then. Yeah. I mean, it isn't. This, this She directed Half-Baked as well, which okay. is like another kind of comedy in this vein, I think. Although it's, yeah. you know, not like a Happy Madison production. But also, the you know, that Britney Spears movie, Crossroads. She directed that one, which actually someone requested that we do. Crossroads? Yeah. Oh my god. I don't know if we'll ever actually do it, but hey, we got a request. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the movie itself. Pappy, why don't you tell us about the intro? We, we meet Billy Madison. What's he about? Billy Madison is about uh, suntan lotion, <laughs> avoiding ultraviolet rays. Ultraviolet rays, bad. Lotion, good. It's funny. It's like I talked about watching this movie when I was a kid. I just I don't even know if I didn't like understand what like alcohol was like when I was a kid. But I a big part of like Billy Madison, Norm Macdonald and his friend who kind of looks like Arnie Lang. Like all they do is like drink all day, like drink by the pool, smashing daiquiris, just kind of living the easy one percenter life. There's something important I was supposed to do today. Have five daiquiris? <laughs> you remember to do that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand drinking either when I was a kid. Like, I didn't get it, you know? And I, I just thought, like, he was seeing the penguin because of the sun. And even to this day, after going through periods of my life where I've drank way, way too much, I've never gotten to the point where I'm seeing a penguin. Um, so maybe I'm not quite on his level yet. I have some, well, let me tell you about seeing penguins, my friend. <laughs> let me give you the alcoholic perspective. <laughs> no, I've only ever hallucinated when I was having DTs, and that's when I was coming off of alcohol. But uh, that's a, that's a more tragic story. Let's 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 keep it lighthearted. <laughs> so as long as you keep drinking daiquiris, you'll eventually get to the penguin, though, is what you're telling me. Right. But Jonathan, it's a very special day for Billy, right? Well, yeah. It's Nudie Magazine Day. Nudie Magazine Day. It's Nudie Magazine Day. And let me tell you what he gets in the mail. Are you ready for this? <sighs> she Mail Fiesta. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> women over 80. A classic. Yeah. Classic women. All the women in there are classics. <laughs> and the one that really hits big with Billy is Drunk Chicks. These magazines are so fake because, like, the back cover is just, like, a solid 
color. Like <laughs> it's just yellow. You could tell like somebody just ran through like a piece of construction paper through the printer and printed yeah. out a cover and like just taped it on. It's probably like a TV guide in there or something. You could tell his like thought process when he looks at the women over 80. He's like, eh, like he's like, maybe later. Like, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, that's a few more daiquiris to get to that one. But yeah, he's a rich kid. Uh his dad runs a successful hotel chain, very successful, called Madison Hotels. And uh he has a bunch of like businessmen over, and Billy just kind of like embarrasses him. All the people at the zoo are very nice, Penguin. They'll treat you real respectable-like. There's nothing to worry about, big fella. Here I come. I I took a note of it because it is very memorable to me when Billy is in the bath. I mean, I don't know, the shampoo shit, I don't care, but like, his face after he says, stop looking at me, Swan, like it still makes me laugh. Stop looking at me, Swan. It's totally memorable, just that scene. And that was totally improvised. Like that was not written at all. He just, they threw him in the bath and he just came he up just with that stupid shit. Stop looking at me, Swan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kylo, is it, does Adam Sandler's voice in this movie make you laugh more or his facial expressions? Because you're so hit or miss on comedies. I guess I don't even know if you like this movie. I do like this movie. Okay. So let's do a quick check, actually. I mean, we're going to do ratings later, but ratings are basically meaningless on this podcast. Are are you guys also into this movie? Yeah, Yeah? for sure. Pappy? I think it's the high watermark of a subgenre that I don't like. But (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of in that camp as well. But to answer your question... Sometimes his voice does make me laugh. Sometimes it annoys me. His facial expressions do work for me. Like I was, I was definitely noticing things I hadn't noticed as a young man in that regard. It's just the shit at the dinner table. Like when he's making those noises, like it sounds like a precursor to what the minions have based like their horror on. You know what I mean? It's like the kind of noises. Like it's not, I don't, (laughs) I don't get it. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> but, you may not get it, but you got it. It's, but you know what I mean. It's like, it's like that same kind of just like, it. I don't know. Like, I'm with you. It's more of like the the. I'm laughing at Billy Madison when I'm going, what the fuck? Not so much at like that was like a clever gibberish Adam Sandler just made. The gibberish thing is the thing I used to do, Jonathan, by the way. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, sabadoo. I used to say that a lot. Sabadoo. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, But Jonathan, Billy gets some some bad news around this time. Do you remember what happens here? This is where uh, Brian Madison decides to announce to Billy um, that he's going to retire. And he wants to sign over the hotels to Eric. Eric? You're going to give the company to Eric? He is a bad, bad man. I don't know. Was this a VP or? Yeah, know. some douchebag executive. Yeah, some second in line executive. Uh, some little weasel fucking bastard. <laughs> Uh, piece of shit. Seriously, he's like he really is a piece of shit, dude. Like I have my note in here. He's a dick bag. <laughs> Eric, he's a very bad man. He's a very, very bad man. 
I mean, he clearly has, like, the cool guy working under him, and then the shithead, and he's going to give the company to the shithead, which I guess makes sense in a, you know, if, well, if for millionaires, right? He was an executive uh, underneath Brian Madison, and Carl was just an operations guy, so mm-hmm. maybe he just really doesn't know the actual executive part of the business. And for some reason... Everyone dislikes Billy except for Carl. Like for somehow he sees that like he, he he I don't know, he likes Billy in a situation where like basically no one outside of Jack and Frank would really like Billy, you know? I think he just takes him for what is he for what he is. Like just instead like a, of trying to hold him up to some kind of standard, then he's just like fuck it, dude, like you're you're cool. I mean like, you know, I, I don't hold you up to any kind of standard like <laughs> Carl does. Thanks, man. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're still friends 25 years later. <laughs> Despite me acting like Billy Madison at some points in my life. Uh, we're, we're both on that end of the spectrum. Without bud. the money. Yeah, yeah. broke uh, Billy Madison's over here. <laughs> what does Bradley Whitford actually do that's bad, though? You guys both hate him. I, I get that he's schmarmy, but there's not a subplot where he's going to lay off half the employees or something like that. You know what I mean? He's not going to sell the company to like some bigger firm or like take it public or something. He's, he's way more qualified to be running this than Billy. Like to his point, there's 60,000 people who have jobs on the line. He doesn't understand business ethics for one. That's okay, my first that's problem a good with point. him. Yeah. <laughs> Two, he throws things at people and puts them in comas. <laughs> and he's got weird balls. <laughs> he's got weird balls. <laughs> and you, if you piss him off, he might just fucking pull a gun on you, okay? <laughs> yeah, those are all serious, like, uh, disqualifications for running a Fortune 500 company. He fucking throw. What does he throw? Like a, a remote control at his secretary? <laughs> and just yeah. like, I'd like to think he's throwing the red swing line stapler. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, Joyce? And now Eric's secretary is in a coma. I like how he didn't even, like, get up to go and check on her or assist her or anything. He was just like, Joyce? And he may have killed eh, a mouse. Cutscene. <laughs> I don't know if that mouse survived. Uh, was that the implication that he poisoned the mouse? Was it weird that the mouse was white and everything in his office was a flat black toned? A like little his bit. His desk, the walls, like everything was black. Oh. The cage was flat black. The bars on the cage were black. The bottom of the cage was black. Because he has like weird. A, he's like lives in a lair. Like he's evil, you know? Yeah. I see. I guess. Uh, but Billy pleads with his dad, and the way the plot goes is he says, all right, look, Dad, I want to take over the company. What do I have to do? And the dad says, well, you never actually made it through school because I paid off your teachers. So he says, okay, well, what if I make it through school on my own? Will you then give me the company? And the dad agrees. So that's that's kind of the premise here. He has to finish each grade, two weeks for each grade, first grade through 12th grade. If he does this successfully... He gets to take over Madison Hotels, which he wants to do. I did the math in that very complicated formula there. (laughs) How long? Three months. Three months. Okay. So he's got three months. He's got three months to complete all of school all over again. And uh, I mean, I guess we can get into some of the shenanigans. Pappy, any key moments stand out to you when he goes to first grade here? Uh, Well, I don't want to skip over Juanita. Can we talk about her? Sure. Definitely a key character here. So depressed. You want me to take my shirt off for you? No, thank you. Okay, baby. But remember, 
The offer is on the table. <laughs> Billy Madison, one of the strengths of the movie is in those key, wacky side characters and its silliness. She is a a big big maid uh she's black uh she is much older than billy and she just wants to fuck the shit out of him uh the whole time she's constantly offering to take her clothes off for him (laughs) this is when the snack back thing happens as well which was like every elementary school lunch like i remember talking about snack packs like and bananas that was a big thing growing up but when she's like she's like has all these like little innuendos you know like like, oh, he's a fine piece of work. Well, he's a fine piece of ass, too. <laughs> I forgot to mention, too, that what Billy does for fun, aside from drinking and just passing out drunk by his pool, he lives like he's 12, right? Here's a nice piece of shit. His his night out is to go light a bag of shit on fire on someone's porch and, like, ding-dong ditch. Mr. Clemens, to be specific. Like, yeah. Just on his porch. Is it only him? <laughs> I don't know, but it seems like it because... They they make it seem like they do it to his house regularly. I guess Mr. You're right. Clemens is also in like a really small house. So you have this like millionaire Billy Madison going down to pick on the poor, Go like working class poor, yeah. people. Yeah, <laughs> really cool stuff from Billy. But yeah, I'm first grade. I don't I don't know Billy Madison. I I remember even like being a kid, like thinking about how much more like I didn't think about like the, the, how much more bandwidth the movie spends on the younger grades and it really is kind of like a pyramid but the the thing that stands out with me most from first grade is definitely miss lippy i don't know if she's like stoned or or just a weirdo first grade teacher likes to put glue on her face and <laughs> so stuff, but... weird i thought that was like really creepy that like all the kids were at nap time or whatever and she's like putting paste all over her face <laughs> you know what she's thinking about oh gross <laughs> There's the thing. I didn't have a teacher like Miss Lippy, but I feel like I did. So I actually thought about this. I was like, I, I had a teacher like that. And I thought in my head... Miss Grokey from Recess? I couldn't think that I actually did. Like, there was no legitimate one-to-one comparison. So it might just be like this movie is such a big part of my upbringing that like she was like a teacher to me. Or like she's like in my memory in that way. I know that sounds kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. There's... I think there's like characteristics from her that you could probably pull out and relate them to other teachers that you've had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she listens to like Indian music and like dances around. Like, yeah, that was so weird. Like that's a special time for Miss Libby. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a stereotype of the stoner elementary school teacher in like cartoons and stuff. They're like Miss Grokey from Recess and Mr. Simmons, I think is his name from Hey Arnold, he's kind of a, a hippy dippy guy. It's definitely yeah, like I guess now that I think about it, there was the teacher in Beavis and Butthead. Mm-hmm. He had the peace sign shirt. I forget his Isn't name. Is his name like Mr. Buckus or something like that? No. Ah uh, shit. I forget his name though, but like he's always the guy that said mm K like before okay. Mr. Mackey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today I want to show you how to realign your mind body energies through simple meditation. Okay? But in first grade, Billy, he meets his first O'Doyle. He, I mean, he has a few little mm-hmm. shenanigans. I really like the part when she reads the story, and then afterwards, he like he gets all like worked up about it. Whoa, 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 Miss Slippy. The part of the story I don't like is that the little boy gave up looking for Happy after an hour. He didn't put posters up or anything. He just sat on the porch like a goon and waited. 
That little boy's got to think, you got a pet. You got a responsibility. If your dog is lost, you don't look for an hour and then call it quits. You get your ass out there and you find that fucking dog. I'm sure you guys saw this, the dodgeball scene. Sandler was apparently really making children cry in that part. Yeah. yeah, the director actually had to like go and get sign offs from the parents. Like, hey, he's gonna like really like beat the shit out of your kids with these dodgeballs. <laughs> so, like, they had a lot of like issues in getting the shot because the kids were starting to cry when they got hit really hard. And so they had to pull the cameras away, pull the cuts away real oh quick. Oh my God. Yeah. Classic Sandman right yeah. there, you know, just making kids cry. I, I have one question for you guys, though. It was. Pertaining to a, a prior scene, but one question. Yeah. Who would you rather bone? Meg <laughs> Ryan or Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson now or 1974? 74. Meg Ryan. All right. All right. <laughs> you can stay in the pod. I didn't get that either when I was a kid. I was like, what? I, I didn't what? No, like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, but it was, it, it's funny because it's like, why is... Why is it even a question between now and 1974 Jack Nicholson, you know? Norm MacDonald is like a low-key, like, shining star in this movie. Like, he... Have you ever watched his stand-up? I've seen his stand-up Dude, live. He's... Oh, really? Yeah, he's so funny. Dude, he is the funniest motherfucker. Yeah. I've never laughed as hard as I have in my life as when I did seeing him do a stand-up. It was amazing. And folks, that is a remarkable review from somebody who doesn't like comedy. It's true. It takes a lot to make me laugh, I feel. Like, legitimately gut-busting laughing. It's pretty tough. But yeah, he's awesome in this movie. So, like, Billy going through grade school, he tries to, like, have an intellectual conversation at lunch with the kids. Like, he overhears them talking about video games. Mortal Kombat on Sega Genesis is the best video game ever. I disagree. It's a very good game, but I think Donkey Kong is the best game ever. Donkey Kong sucks. You know something? You suck. Donkey Kong is superior to Mortal Kombat, though. Let's let's be real. Looking back now, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, at the time, like, you want to be the cool kid, you know? Like, I remember talking about games. Like, I never even played the game, never even had it. But I was like, oh, yeah, that game's way better. Right. You know? <laughs> just trying to be cool. And I think that's just uh, uh, true to that age group. Weren't you, didn't you fall down a rabbit hole of searching up like video games of this era after hearing that scene? Yeah. So I wanted to see what actually, uh, what games came out in 93 when this movie was produced. I, here's a few that came out in 1993. And I want to see if you can guess how many copies of, of these were actually sold. Ooh, okay. Trivia time. Okay. Trivia. <laughs> so this is the top game from 1993 and it's in the top 10 Sega Genesis games of all time. Aladdin? Ooh. And how many copies do you think were sold? Well, I know at least one was sold to my household, so that's one. I had one. <laughs> that's two. Uh, Pappy, what do you think? I have a copy of Aladdin for Super Nintendo sitting in this tub. It's a different game, actually. There's two versions of that Aladdin game from uh, different companies. What? So the Super Nintendo game, actually, the gameplay is different than the Sega Genesis one. Well, it can't be better. <laughs> that was like the hardest game. I, I don't know. Uh, 25,000? 4 million copies. <laughs> what the flow? <laughs> okay. Next was NBA Jam with 2 Ooh. million copies. It's good! 
one of the greatest like basketball games that was ever He's created. Awful. Yeah. I used to have the cheat codes and I could change one of the players to Bill Clinton. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, I think that was probably one of the first games that I had ever known a um a big head cheat code for. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude I, I used to quote that game when when I was playing basketball. I used to say "ugly shot." Yeah, ugly he, shot. heating up. <laughs> Jurassic Park, a million copies. I had it. Miss Pac Man, a million copies. Sonic Spinball, a million, and X Men, over a million. Just the first X Men game. Yeah, it's just called X Men. Yeah, that's it. Anyways, that's all. All right, fair enough. Well. Getting us back on track, Billy does pass the first grade. He has a big party every time he graduates, but I, I like the first party he has because there's some pretty like funny shit that goes down. Like Eric is at the party. Like the funny thing is Eric is like the an- antagonist, but he attends every one of Billy's graduation parties <laughs> and he participates in a three-legged race with other kids and gets all fucking mad when the kid falls down. <laughs> He's like dragging this kid yeah. and like yelling at him, get up, get up, you're embarrassing yourself. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, why is he even there? <laughs> it's not even clear either like what triggers Billy graduating from grade to grade. Like one time he spells cheese. Cheese correctly and that's enough i think this one is he draws a blue duck and miss lippy's like okay that's good enough you did it (laughs) this is you passed i guess it's like can he just do what the other kids do consistently for two weeks yeah (laughs) because yeah by what metric does he pass if you can show up to elementary school for 10 consecutive days over the course of 12 weeks you're qualified to run the biggest hotel company (laughs) in the world (laughs) well one of the things that happens at the party as well is uh, a clown just fucking dies and everyone laughs. And like, <laughs> to me, that was just whatever, a thing that happened in the movie when I was a kid. But for some reason, that like really got to me on this watch. I thought that was like really funny. The fact that the clown dies and like just everyone just laughs at him as he sits there and bleeds out. <laughs> like, yeah. So he like is walking around and on stilts and gets tripped, falls and cracks his head. On but- the concrete. Yeah, but it, it's kind of like left to assume that he dies. Like you is. never really know. But like, it's weird because he starts bleeding out of his mouth. He doesn't bleed out of anything else. And that's all they show. And that was improv, by the way. Oh, to, to have the clown fall or whatever? No, to start bleeding out of his mouth. Like that was supposed to be like, not that was not part of the movie at all. A movie that you wouldn't think would have blood. Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't have like, blood coming out of the skull i don't think that would change the rating maybe yeah exactly uh but billy moves up to second grade which kind of just flies by uh, a lot of the movie is spent in third grade pappy why don't you tell us about some of what goes down around there uh so he has veronica vaughn as his third grade teacher veronica vaughn so hot that veronica she- vaughn sonia blade She's played by Bridget Wilson. Uh, she's now married to Pete Sampras. So if you're a big tennis fan, that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. She married, yeah, went up marrying Pete Sampras. Um, I don't know. This is kind of where I guess Billy Madison has to grow up, I guess, a little bit or learn empathy. This is where like his character makes like a change, I guess. And he goes from like beating the shit out of his classmates to kind of defending him 
and protecting him. I don't know. The thing that stands out from this part, though, to me is him, you know, sexually assaulting Veronica Vaughn. I think about that a lot, <laughs> Kylo. I dare you to touch her boobs. Touch her boobs? That's assault, brother. You double dare me? Yeah, and he says it's assault, too, right before doing it. He says it's assault, and, like, you almost think that, like, oh, he's not going to do it. That's assault, brother. And then he's like, do you double dare me? And then he grabs her boobs. It doesn't make any sense that she, like, flips the script so quickly. She hates him, and then she likes him without any in-between points. It's almost like that is the catalyst for the, her relationship turning the corner. Like, she's like, oh, I know what it's like to be a man child and have to sexually assault a woman to get the respect of your peers. It is almost like that, like that moment, exactly. I mean, he's trying to get with her from the from the get-go, but Principal Anderson is trying to get with him. Am I wrong, Jonathan? Dude, it's so weird. So weird. I mean, that, the, the first indication of that happened when he was in, I think, second grade when the teacher was out sick and he had to substitute and it was Valentine's Day and Principal Anderson uh, gives Billy a Valentine's Day card and says, I want you. And then down at the bottom, P.S. I'm horny. And like, it's so elaborate. Like he spent a lot of time making it. You could tell like, it's oh, dude. very nice. It's all like bedazzled and it's got jewels and like, like uh, those, what do they call them? Doilies? Like <laughs> something like that. They're all lace doily on the outside. <laughs> yeah. The look the principal gives when Billy Madison reads P.S. I'm horny and he takes off his glasses and like nods so seriously one of the funniest parts of this whole movie it is good that's the guy that was trying to take his kid away and big daddy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah same same guy i hadn't seen this movie in years i thought it was wayne knight who played the principal i'm like wasn't that newman who played the principal i'm like no (laughs) another another jewy fat guy Hey, there was one thing that we skipped, and I never caught this until I watched it again this morning. So, remember the scene where Eric is grilling the janitor for, like, the inside scoop on Billy? Yeah, he has, like, like, a spy. Yeah, this is the janitor, right? Yeah. And um, so, the janitor is in Eric's office, you know, the black office. Why the fuck does he have his mop, dude? Like, (laughs) I never caught that until now. Like, he's a janitor for the school, like, 50 miles away. Why did he bring his mop with him to Eric's office? Oh, that's so funny. It's like when a doctor, like, has a stethoscope in a movie, but they're, like, completely out of context. Like, in a stock photo, it's like, why would a doctor have a stethoscope there? He just carries it around with him to identify himself as a janitor. Yeah, he's like at home blowing out birthday candles. He's got a stethoscope on or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good note. In third grade, there's a there's a field trip, and we get to see Chris Farley as the fucking bus driver. This dude is unhinged, man. I'll turn this damn bus around. That'll end your precious little field trip pretty damn quick, huh? Chris Farley is... He's like face is like beat red while he's driving he looks like a lunatic i mean he looks like he had just done like 34 rails in a row (laughs) while he's trying to hold in like massive ibs like you know oh poor guy he plays it great though i knew that part was improvised jonathan like how much of this movie is 
scripted every single thing that chris farley did was improv he didn't have anything scripted not a single line scripted like that whole thing at the on the bus where he's like peeping up miss vaughn's skirt and all that like every part of that was improv wow veronica vaughn is one piece of ace i know from experience dude you know what i mean no you don't well, not me personally, but a guy I know. Him and her got it on. Woo-wee! <laughs> no, they didn't. No, 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 they didn't. But you can imagine what it'd be like if they did, right? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. No yelling on the bus! That shade of red that his face turns, I don't know if you could script that. Like, that's like, <laughs> that's just something that he could do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's some thespian shit right there. That's, <laughs> that's peak Farley. Now, I really like him in the movie. And, like, for some, whatever reason on the field trip, like, he steals all the kids' lunches. And, like, suddenly Jack and Frank are there, which I think is a good bit of comedy because they, like, they're just there and then they're gone. Like eating the kids' lunches. <laughs> who would eat 30 bagged lunches? That goddamn Sasquatch. That's who. <laughs> that is some fucking good shit, dude. <laughs> the oh, old fucking oh. senile bitch talking about the Sasquatch. <laughs> dude, that reminds me. I remember exactly one of the other quotes you used to do from this movie when we were kids. That part where he says, I am the smartest man alive. I am the smartest man alive. You used to walk around school saying that shit, dude. Like if you got an A or you passed a test, like those timed math tests, Corey would get it back and be like, I am the smartest man alive. And the teacher would be like, Corey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for bringing back the good memories, you know? Oh, we had good times. And good times, yeah. Oh man! All right, so we talked about the field trip. That I mean, that's pretty good. Billy does pass the third grade. Billy passed the third grade. Oh, what a glorious day! There's kind of like some key moments within there. Eric decides to blackmail Principal Anderson. Pappy, can you tell us about like what his whole plan is? Well, his plan is to blackmail Principal Anderson to come out and like do a press conference, which is one of the best Norm Macdonald lines is like when they're re- or they're watching the TV. And I forget exactly what it says, but something like Next on News 9, a shocking story of power and corruption involving a hotel tycoon. How his 27-year-old millionaire son cheated his way through elementary school. Stay tuned. What the hell? And now maybe it's somebody else. <laughs> That's <laughs> like classic Norm MacDonald humor. God, so funny. But the principal, what's his deal? He was a professional wrestler. And if that's not embarrassing enough, he like threw a chair or something and killed like an old person in the stands. Is that? Okay. Yeah. He's like an ECW wrestler, right, Jonathan? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Weapons match. Yeah. So there's like certain kinds of wrestlings that were going on at this time. There was like your mainstream WWF, but also there was like the underground like ECW shit and like stuff like it where 
people would go after audience members and shit. It was just like anarchy when you watch those matches. And I think it was like that vain because he killed a man. And I mean, Jonathan, you've watched Dark Side of the Ring. Sometimes people die. <laughs> Sometimes people die. Yeah. Well, he says that the guy that he was sitting on his face, he um, was supposed to pinch his leg when he was running out of air and he just never did it. So right. Which I like to think like, that his... Yeah. That fat fuck, the revolting blob, like broke his <laughs> neck or something. Blob. That was his name, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the it revolting is. blob. Yeah. So I, I think he like broke the dude's neck when he sat on him. And that's why he never got the pinch. Is the thing like he never got his teaching degree or is it that he just doesn't want people to know that before getting his teaching degree, he was a wrestler? I looked into that a little bit and it was never clear. It just says that he talked his way into a principal position in the school. Like never he, that he was a qualified teacher. He cut enough promos to like... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, speaking of the third grade graduation, though, one of the best moments from Jack, or he's just standing there with a garden hose, just like hosing down some kid <laughs> that's sitting on the ground. And the kid's like, who are you? Leave me alone, mister. And he's just like laughing. Dude, he's so happy just like spraying this kid with the water hose, man. Like it was such an odd scene. It's so but funny. I mean, that goes hand in hand with the one earlier where Billy was sitting on a mm-hmm. uh, lawn sprinkler and was like, ooh, that's nice. Like I never got that as a kid. But as an adult, I'm like, dude, this guy's like self bidaying on his lawn, you know? Yeah. And like He's like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> pretty good uh billy kind of like moves up elementary school grades in the form of a montage it just kind of goes through him pretty quickly but for some reason out of nowhere we get this like just weird billy madison moment where there's like an evil lunch lady serving sloppy joes <laughs> sloppy joe slopper sloppy joe yeah that's what it's from right the song like that's the callback i guess yeah it pays homage to his sloppy joe lady song I mean, do you remember, Jonathan, that I had those CDs? Oh, the Lunch Lady song. Yeah. We used to listen to those Sandler. Yeah. Oh, for sure. With like the skits and shit. Yeah. Do you know the first two albums that he came out with, with the, the comedy skits and all that stuff? The first one was single platinum. The second one was double platinum. Like, that's how many records this guy sold. Whoa. That is unfucking real yeah, I love Adam Sandler. I just worry about how he's going to do financially. You know, I just hope he's doing okay with his money. Okay, so I looked up his net worth. You want to know what it is? No. Uh, <laughs> 600 million? It's, uh, that's a... Okay, you overshot it a little bit. It's ah, sorry, I ruined it. And 20 million. But, yeah, the man is very, very rich. Did I tell you I ran into him downtown Santa Monica? No. Yeah, he was wearing like literally like walmart basketball shorts a plain white t-shirt like that's just the kind of guy that he is like i don't think he's ever gonna be like a red carpet suit kind of guy you know how long ago did you see him this was probably two years ago wow okay yeah definitely put on some weight compared to billy madison but you just saw him like afar or did you talk to him or no something? i talked to him i was at a stoplight and he was crossing the crosswalk with his kids and stuff and i was like yo adam and he's like hey what's up and maybe moved like, along all right it's okay <laughs> you know real casual i mean he was trying to be pretty low pro but wow that's a trip man how can that guy go anywhere like you know <laughs> i i really don't think he could not at that level. But dude, the lunch lady, I don't want to pass over that. Is there, is she a famous actress 
or something? Like, am I supposed to? Is there anything else going? Because that's such a weird little. Not scene. that I know of, and it is weird because it stops like a montage, and then it goes to like evil music, and like, <laughs> and she's just like, I don't know, if she's like supposed to be like the like creepy or like she's doing something nefarious. I I don't know. <laughs> Have some more sloppy Joe's. <laughs> I made them extra sloppy for you. <laughs> I know how you kids like them sloppy. <laughs> Lady, you're scaring us. I do like it, though. I mean, every lunch lady is like weird. Slightly nefarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have that word in my vocabulary, but yeah, it was weird, man. It's like one of those jobs you can get if you're evil. Like a lunch lady. (laughs) Okay. Billy eventually gets through elementary school and he goes to high school. I really like the scene when he arrives, but Pappy, maybe you can tell us about like his experience being a 28 year old going back to high school. Uh, well, he is stuck in, because I think the timing is like he graduated in 84 and this is supposed to be like 94, right? So he's stuck in the 80s he's got his i don't know what type of car it is but jonathan can probably tell us yeah jonathan what type of car is that firebird oh, okay he's got his firebird uh he's got the top dropped or the top down or whatever he's got his ario speedwagon shirt his jean jacket he's blazing <laughs> or blaring the stroke or whatever and like yeah. all of everybody just like laughs at him <laughs> at the school like when he pulls up like all of which is weird because like the the way that we're judged, like we see Adam Sandler being cool or, or more specifically not being cool is most of the time like high school girls kind of like rejecting him in this part. Because I'm thinking of like in the next scene too when he's trying to talk to his neighbor next door and she's like, get away from me, you're a loser <laughs> or something. But yeah, it doesn't go well. He's He's dressed like he's going to high school in like 1978. Yeah, or, or early 80s, but sure, yeah. I mean, mm. I, I love the the fact, though, that everyone at the school is super 90s, and it is a 90s movie, so it's not like something now where they're making people look 90s. All the students are legitimately very 90s looking in this moment. And uh, you guys probably remember this, maybe not Pappy as much, but like, in the 90s, everyone hated the 80s. Like, pe- like that was not cool. Like, 80s shit was really lame. And, like, the new, like, grunge style and stuff that we see a lot in this movie was really cool. So there was, like, a lot of rejection of that. So I think it's, like, appropriate that they, like, see him and they're like, what a fucking lame, like, 80s shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was, like, before 80s nostalgia really flared up, like, you know, 20 years later. Yeah, totally get that vibe. Or whatever, 10 years later, I guess. Anyway, he's in high school. He gets picked on. More O'Doyles just there to fuck up his shit. O'Doyle rules! <laughs> I don't know, man. The guy that, like, dumped the pudding on his head. I mean, you can't, like, swing on a kid, but, like, <laughs> you got to do something, right? <laughs> you got to, like, act, right? <laughs> I was I, I was putting myself in his shoes about how fucking infuriated I would be. I would at least have shaken that guy. <laughs> are the Adoyles, like, just talking amongst themselves about picking on Billy Madison? Like, are they, are they collaborating? Because they seem to be a pretty tight-knit family i think yeah i think their family just instinctually knows like prey on the new guy (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, he even gets like clobbered by the first grader O'Doyle. Yeah, I went dodgeball. Yeah, is this where we get like the uh, uh, the science class, right? With yeah, chlorophyll, more like, like borophyll. <laughs> so good. I thought that was like one of the funniest things I'd ever heard when I was a kid. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the fact that like the other kids like didn't laugh was always strange to me. But like now, I mean, it's <laughs> so stupid, dude. That's like that was like our first lesson into dad jokes right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not in high school for super long. He gets he gets busted like we talked about earlier and he he quits school because Principal Anderson lies about getting paid off cuz he doesn't want people to know that he was the revolt the revolting blob in the 80s. So, uh, there's like kind of a montage where he just like parties for a while. He quits school and he's just like drinking a lot, hanging out with Jack and Frank. I assume, like, lighting more bags of dog poop on fire. He called the shit poop! (laughs) Yeah. Well, we get this uh, other scene where he kind of has this, like, realization on life and that he was kind of a piece of shit in high school. So he ends up calling Danny McGrath, played by Steve Buscemi, and oh, yeah. this was a guy that he made fun of in high school. The Marietta like, Mangler, dude, from Con Air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, uh, hey, man, you know, I wasn't the nicest guy to you. And uh, I just wanted to apologize. And, you know, maybe we can go get some coffee or something. And and uh, Danny McGrath says, hey, you know, I'd like that. I forgive you. Whatever. He turns over and crosses Billy Madison <laughs> off the people to kill list. Like, and then... It was always so weird to me, and I still don't understand it, but he puts on red lipstick, and then uh, ELO comes on, <laughs> and, and he just lays down. Like, I, I still don't get it. He's, I mean, do you guys have any insight on that? He's Garland Green, man. He's, he's the Marietta Mangler. He just does shit like that. He's also crazy eyes in Mr. Deeds. He likes french fries and Oreos on his pizza. Oh but, my you God. know, whatever. Yellow telephone line makes that scene. Though I don't know. Hello. I mean, could could any other song really be played in that scene? It's perfect. It was so perfect. It's so funny. Billy, though, even though he's quit school, he he has like a change of heart uh, that's kind of like brought on by Veronica. Pappy, you want to tell us about that bit? Yeah, that part's weird to me because veronica shows up and they're like they're just kind of where they were at the beginning of the movie passed out drunk snacks everywhere i don't know it reminds me of the part in princess bride where uh inigo montoya like gets dunked in the water uh by andre the giant to like sober up and snap out of it but this is like veronica vaughn bridget wilson sampras like being super sexy i guess i don't know it's like basically like a wet t-shirt contest type <laughs> yeah thing to wake him up and then and then it goes into a musical like is how he decides that he's got to go back to school it's very strange it's it's really out there it is it is very unusual and for the most part i don't like the whole song bit i, I think love it's kind of corny but you know I all the fucking it. words though don't you Okay, I was going to say, with the exception of a line from Veronica Vaughn. My Billy, sweet Billy boy, I knew you would go back. No one can stop you if you 
try. Don't I have a nice rack? I always thought it wasn't that impressive. You're kind of small. <laughs> wow, John. Don't tell I mean, Pete Sampras that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jonathan, are you a fan of it? I think it's dumb. I don't think it. Uh, uh, this movie warranted a musical number, but whatever, dude. It works. It's fine. And it brings the clown back. Hey, kids, it's me. I bet you thought that I was dead. But when I fell over, I just broke my leg and got a hemorrhage in my head. <laughs> it does the Matt Parker, Trey Stone, like South Park thing where it's not like a shitty, shitty song, right? Like it's it's a song that could be in a musical. You know what I mean? Maybe not a great musical, but it's like they don't like, like it's not Adam Sandler like singing it in his voice it's like an actual like singer and i think that, if, that like, the, the earnestness is like the joke and that is, that's what makes it work for me if you hold it up as a third grade mentality which was right. all of his third grade class that came back to help him out even though he was now technically in high school again why why wouldn't it work you know mm-hmm. it's it's all about viewpoint and juanita joins in yeah, and they bring the clown back. <laughs> I, I like to think, me. though, since it's like a musical, it's kind of like maybe this isn't really happening and the clown is really dead, you know? Doesn't he rhyme, I bet you thought I was dead with I got a hemorrhage in my head or yeah, something? Yeah, like that's that. exactly what it was. <laughs> How can you not love it? So, like, he just laid there unconscious for, like, four weeks or something. <laughs> just came back to life. <laughs> yeah, good point repaired himself so what happens is principal anderson comes out and tells the truth the the kids basically like guilt him into coming out and saying he wasn't actually bribed that information comes out so billy's dad is kind of conflicted it's eventually decided that instead of finishing school billy is going to go one-on-one with eric in what he calls an academic decathlon so they're going to do all this like I don't know, like uh, tests and they're going to do various classes and they're going to see who wins, basically. Am I describing this right, Pappy? Can you help me out here? Yeah, and it's not super clear like how this is working because there's like a giant or is that the end where there's a giant board of like trivia? That's the very last one. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the decathlon itself, I'm not sure who the guy is who's running it. Is the principal of the high school? The I high guess? school principal, yeah. Okay, the the high school principal is running it, and yeah, it's a series of events, and they kind of go back and forth. The one that stands out to me though is the home ec one, um, where they have to make a pie, and I think Billy Madison's down like one at this point, and he pulls out the perfect pie, and like Bradley Whitford pulls out his pie, and it's on fire, and it cuts to Billy Madison laughing, and then it cuts back to Bradley Whitford, and he looks like uh. Oh, it looks like Hereditary, where he's just like on fire, like burning, and Billy Madison's like clapping and, and laughing and stuff. It's, it's just another funny, quick montage uh, yeah. along those lines. But yeah, there are some good bits in the castle. Any any of your favorites, Jonathan? Uh, there's a few. Um, like, I like the one where uh, Eric was playing the violin, and he does like a decent job. I mean, it still sounds pretty bad, but...
then like Billy plays the clarinet. He plays one note and then just quits. He goes, that guy's good. <laughs> he just plays him like awful. Like he's clearly never picked up a clarinet before. <laughs> never. And you know, it's funny because like he actually can play guitar. And I yeah. figured that he can play piano too. And yeah, things. I figured that they would actually give him something. <laughs> it's worth it for the joke though. Yeah. The, uh, the running one was pretty cool. The race. And uh, where Eric won, and then uh, Billy just like uh, Billy pushes push- him over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tabletops him. Totally just tabletops him. And these kids are like, oh, did you see that guy's balls? Yeah, they were weird looking. Speaking of other kids in the movie, this isn't going to mean anything to anyone. But like in high school, since Billy's like a nerd, he's like an outcast. He makes friends with some of the other outcast kids. And one of them has long hair. That kid is the main kid in my favorite episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which was like a 90s Nickelodeon kind of horror show, for those that don't know. The episode is called The Tale of the Ghastly Grinner, which was basically about the Joker. Like, there was a comic book character called the Ghastly Grinner, which was essentially the Joker. And he comes out of comic books into the real life. And he, like, does what Joker does. He, like, does the Joker toxin where he makes people start laughing and it kills him. Anyway, that's the main kid from that. He's in this. I realized that on this most recent watch, and it got me really excited. So, yeah, that's for you 90s kids. I can't believe you remember any of that. Oh, yeah, dude. That's a good episode. (laughs) Uh, So, in the decathlon, there's a a moment that, like, I didn't appreciate as much as a kid. But, like, him and Eric, they're both doing, like, big equations on, like, a chalkboard. And, like, Billy Madison does his. And, like, he ends it with... Eric drinks his own pee. <laughs> Dude, Eric was so pissed by that. He's like, like the pettiness of that right there was so funny. Though, fuck this math problem. I'm not going to figure it out anyways. For some reason, like that line isn't as funny to me as a kid as it is now. Like saying that someone drinks their own pee is just like a good insult. Yeah. <laughs> you piss drinker. Uh, the O'Doyles unfortunately die during the decathlon. The entire bloodline demises <laughs> <laughs> off of the uh, when they hit the banana peel that the bus driver threw out the window earlier in the Fucking movie. Mario Kart. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was a good setup. It's like an hour and fifteen minute setup with that banana peel. <laughs> they gotta show it. He throws the peel out the window. They show it. There is a shot. It's gonna pay off, and it does. Those guys fucking die. I guess their bloodline lived on because I don't know if you know this, Jonathan, but the O'Doyles are mentioned in Hubie Halloween. I haven't seen it. It's awful. Don't ever watch it. Well, they've actually mentioned the O'Doyles in a bunch of different Happy Madison movies. Okay. Well, fair enough then. So I guess we can be happy in knowing that they survive and uh, we'll fight another day. Uh, the big moment in the decathlon is at the end where they have like the big trivia board. It's kind of like Jeopardy style ish, I guess in that it's a big board and you pick a category. Eric is facing off against Billy Madison. Jonathan, why don't you tell us about how that goes? Yeah, so they have all these categories that they get to pick from, um, and you get to pick the category for your opponent to speak on. Yeah, So um, it's, a good, it's a good take on it, yeah, instead of like choosing your own. Right, because you could just pick the one that you're solid on and give a good answer. Like flaming dog poo and the human response. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So Billy has to discuss the reflections of society in literature. And 
the industrial revolution and figures out how to bullshit his way through the answer uh, of using uh, the puppy who lost his way, that book from first grade. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, but I'll let you finish, but I was thinking about the question itself when he says like, okay. The industrial revolution changed the face of the modern novel forever. Discuss citing specific examples. Did you guys put yourself in his shoes? Yeah. Because I was trying to think of an answer. No, there, there's no, no. Okay. I was like, this is the most bull. I was thinking, I was getting angry about it. I was like, this is the most bullshit question I've ever heard. This is the reason I hated high school because of shit like this. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, I was the one cheering for Billy. I was like, yeah, that was a fucking great response, dude. Just like Norm MacDonald, man. He's in the crowd. Fuck yeah. yeah. Except that the puppy was a dog. But the industry, my friends, that was a revolution. Nip high football rules! So he finally finishes up and, and the principal says, Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. I mean, isn't that the ultimate, like, that's probably the funniest part of the whole movie what he says am i wrong oh for sure <laughs> it's transcended this movie it's like it's you hear it like in the context of other trivia shows and it's <laughs> may god have mercy on your soul is quoted so often it's like everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to what you said like that is so fucked up like let's just crush this guy's soul right now <laughs> that is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard <laughs> that's fucking funny man even my wife who was like against this movie just as a notion when i said i'm doing a podcast on it i played that bit for her so that she would like lift a little bit of the hate for it i was like watch this and tell me it's not funny she laughed i mean if she's gonna laugh at that it's funny she doesn't like these movies (laughs) (laughs) but billy chooses business ethics right pappy i choose business ethics yeah which is something bradley whitford knows nothing about he just kind of mumbles about the the ethics of business can be summarized as and ethics are uh, you know the 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 thing about ethics basically the way he gets out of it is he pulls a gun on the audience kind of after he's realized that he's lost and i think what two things happened? What, what was the elementary school principal? The the gruesome Anderson. What, what was his wrestling name? The revolting blob. The revolting blob comes out and gives him a people's elbow and knocks him down, and then Steve Buscemi comes out and snipes him in the ass and just kind of gives him like a nod and walks away, and that's kind of how the uh, the conflict is over. Eric's been defeated at this point. Yeah, I, I had such a problem with this scene. Like no. Eric being the no, no, no. I I love the way that 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 all of that went down. But with 
Eric being the executive that he was, why would he ever think that pulling a gun would be the right move <laughs> at this point? Like, how could you ever come back from this and win the company after you pull a fucking gun on an entire school and and you want to shoot Billy? Like, what the fuck is that even going to get you? And then how does he show up to Billy's graduation, dude? Like, he that dude should have been in prison. If you're a rich executive, you don't go to prison. <laughs> you pull a gun out of school, you go to fucking jail. White privilege, bro. <laughs> True story. <laughs> that gun is massive. I don't know anything about guns. Dude, it's like a six shooter with like a 48 inch long barrel. Dude, <laughs> it's like, like a it, fucking Joker's dude, gun. Like, like Bugs Bunny would pull that out from his Acme Boxo guns, you know? You see the size of that gun? It was bigger than him. Dude. But why is Steve Buscemi even there with a sniper rifle? Like just, just in case, just to keep, keep. The He's peace? there pecking off the people on his list, dude. Like, <laughs> He's pecking them off. <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> Yeah, he's. I mean, he's probably there to like legitimately murder people that have wronged him. I mean, it's the only thing I could think of. This <laughs> is happy face. I like to think that he was there in support of Billy because now they're cool, and he just happens to take a sniper rifle everywhere <laughs> that he goes. He's like the janitor. Wherever he goes, he's got a rifle and and yeah. some lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> Billy wins the day from all this because Eric fucked himself over. And he's graduated, he's given a big speech, it's kind of a big happy ending, gets the girl. He decides to give Carl the company, right thing to do, he's not equipped to run Madison Hotels most likely, with a, you know, just a high school education. He decides to go to college and become a teacher. And not only does Billy get the happy ending, but just about everyone gets a happy ending, right Jonathan? Yeah. Chris Farley gets a happy ending from uh, the penguin, which I never caught that as a kid, man. I never noticed that the penguin was doing the French tickler. <laughs> the French flipper trick? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I thought, honestly, I thought when I was a kid, he was just picking him up. And that's why he was like looking down because like he was going to pick up Chris Farley and like yeah. carry him like, you know, when, like just married kind of thing. Yeah. But no, he's jerking him off with the flipper. Totally jerking him <laughs> off, dude. After he like made out with the penguin beak. <laughs> so gross. Adam Sandler gets to make out with Bridget Wilson. Norm MacDonald gets to make out with the lunch lady. I'm sure that was much appreciated. She had sloppy Joe on her breath. <laughs> <laughs> the clown and Miss Lippy are going at it. That makes sense. I, I, I ship yeah. them, yeah. I was always okay with that. <laughs> she did laugh when he died, though, so. Yeah, that was kind of fucked up. <laughs> but... Oh, then again, everybody laughed when he died. Yeah. She was over there sitting with Juanita. Does Juanita make out with someone? Steve Buscemi. Uh, Steve Buscemi, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then the two high school kids, the two nerds, they get to kiss the mucus queen. The redheaded woman. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were over yeah. 18, right? That that was that one that one kid's mom. The bean kid. Scotty. Kid. Yeah, Scotty yeah. likes Scotty bean. likes beans, don't you, Scotty? <laughs> Stupid fuck kid. Remember kids? Dude, I hated that fucking haircut, dude. <laughs> where you would have like, it, it basically it was like a bowl cut, man. Yeah. With a bunch of fucking knots on his head. <laughs> that little like armpit fucking raspberry thing. Oh, God. That was so annoying. So dumb. <laughs> and that's it. They have a happy ending. I mean, anything I miss here, Jonathan? I got a few uh, Billy Madison fun facts. Okay. If we're interested. Hit me. You up for it, Pappy? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So Principal Anderson has a secret hidden talent. He was actually an opera singer prior to being an actor and even was on uh, a show in Broadway. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All We kind of went over this earlier, but everything from Chris Farley was totally improvised. Um, all the lines, the body language, the acting, everything was just done on the spot. They just said, we're going to roll the camera, do what you want. Nice, Which man. Let the cool. man work. Yeah. I mean, the dude was, you know, as, as big as it gets at that time. He was a big man. Yep. <laughs> Farley reuses a line from his Airheads character. Good, uh, great, grand, wonderful. Yeah, 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 exactly. So anyways, you already know that one. Um, this is Robert De Niro's favorite movie of all time. What the fuck? He openly admits that this is his absolute favorite movie. Hmm. We need to get him on the podcast. <laughs> call his agent. Have his people call our people. <laughs> Have him call Steve. Yeah. Billy Madison's house was also used for Professor X's School for the Gifted in X-Men. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. A uh, bunch of different movies, actually, but that was the only one that was kind of relevant. Yeah. Um, it's in Canada, and you can actually rent out the house. <sighs> Holy shit, dude. Yep. Imagine renting out the fucking X-Men mansion. Hell yeah, oh dude. Oh my God. I need to do that before I die, dude. That gets me hard, man. Big, oh. big dumb movie spoilers retreat. Oh. <laughs> dude, some you, spoilers guys make money. We could do this. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast does not, though. So that's the problem. <laughs> that's true. Bump up those spoiler man credits and <laughs> start ringing them up. Dude, if I am ever like dying of cancer, we're starting a GoFundMe. Like I, I need to be at that house before I die. That's amazing. I, I promise you with my life, I will start that GoFundMe for you. <laughs> Thank you. Can't guarantee you'll get any money, but we'll fucking try, man. All right, last, uh, last fact. It's nothing really big, but um, the rest of the names that were on Danny McGrath's kill list, they were all uh, production crew members. Okay. Yeah. So they were like actually. Like names of real people that were on the set. It's in jokes. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. That's all. That's all I got. Apparently, what I read, uh, just as a quick IMDb fact, was that Norm Macdonald was really drunk during some of his drunk Norm Macdonald scenes, which that guy, dude. <laughs> yeah, he said he wanted to really be in character. <laughs> yeah, and so he sure would he just did. get shit faced. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a real like Nick Cage in Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, the true thespian, Norm Macdonald. He's <laughs> just getting drunk. Pappy, do you have any final thoughts about the movie before ratings? Uh, the. When the principal intercepts that note and reads about like how I forget what the exact quote is, but it's just brutal. Like we're so lucky we get to have him, his fat ass, blah, 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 blah. We're so lucky to have principal Anderson substituting. Now we have the privilege of staring at that tub of lard all day long. If I were him, I would walk my fat ass right into oncoming traffic. <laughs> that's just hilarious i don't know why it's so brutal like so painful but that shit cracks me up every time that one took me back i was just thinking about you jonathan during that scene yeah. we used to pass notes a lot in elementary school between so each other we we used to pass notes so often we developed a system to not get caught and we developed our own alphabet yep and would write notes and letters 
in our own alphabet that the teachers wouldn't be able to uh, unscramble. Exactly. So we could say whatever the fuck we wanted. <laughs> and if we got caught, it didn't matter. Not that we ever did. No, we were, we were pretty <laughs> slick, man. You you could do like the little folding where like you pull here thing. I yeah. couldn't do that. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That's because I always sat at the girls table. They taught me how to do that shit. <laughs> Uh, good times. Kyle, I have one more question for you before we get into ratings. What's okay. What, what makes a comedy that you like versus a comedy that you don't, I don't know if this is, if, if we were like just going to write a list, right. Of like characteristics of a movie of like this and like QB Halloween and send those other movies. I think it's going to be mostly similar things, right? They're not that different. Of movies, so Corey thought that the end scene of the mist was a comedy. So, like, I mean, that should explain all of it, right there. I just need to know, like, what are the things that are on the Billy Madison list that aren't on the Hubie Halloween list that make this something that you like? There's something more natural about the randomness in this movie that I feel just like it, it, they didn't try as hard back then. It seems so. Maybe nostalgia is a factor, but I'm just going to put that aside for now. I'm going to use an example. So in this movie, there's a there's a party. And we t- actually, we talked about this. Jack is like spraying the kid with a hose and the kid's just like whining about it. And that's not like important to the plot or anything. It's just like a random insert joke here. But it's so, it's wild. Like, why is he doing that? This kid <laughs> clearly doesn't like it. Like, that just works for me. When he tries to put the random shit in Hubie Halloween, like, Who's the radio voice DJ that sounds like a woman? It's actually Shaq. It's like, okay. It, how like fucking stupid is that? Like, it, it, It's forced now, mm-hmm. I think. It got to a point where it became forced. I think he maybe just ran out of material at some point. I don't know. The kid getting sprayed with the hose, like, that's just funny because it feels like anyone could come up with that. You know what I mean? Like, that's just like kind of objectively funny to see a kid getting sprayed in the face with a hose, like against his will. Like, yeah, like almost like he's being held hostage there. Right. I feel like like that's one of those things that you couldn't come up with. Like, you can't write that. Like, that was just Mm -hmm. some shit that was happening and they happened to get it on film and go, you know what, dude, we're going to keep that on on the roll because that's fucking gold right there. So you're saying like the, just like the momentum of their comedy just led them in a good direction at that time. Like the collaborative efforts of like Adam Sandler and his group of friends. The momentum of child abuse after nailing him with balls. Like, oh, you know what else is funny? Nailing him with hoses. <laughs> they just kept going from there. Yeah, let's waterboard this kid right now. <laughs> That'll be funny. It is funny. <laughs> uh, it, it's a really hard question to answer, Pappy. I wish I could like really give you... I, I, don't, I can't... I don't want to jump the gun on this, but I think mine might be that Billy Madison is... I'm going to misuse the word. It's optimistic. And I guess it's not like, but I mean that more in the sense that it's not pessimistic, right? Like we're not really, we're laughing at the bad guy pretty much exclusively when it comes to like at, you know what I mean? Whereas like Hubie Halloween, he was just kind of like, we talked about, there was just something like wrong with him. You know what I mean? This is more like everyone's becoming friends and it's like a happy story, if that makes sense. Yeah, you mean in Hubie Halloween, like something is wrong with him mentally? Yes, that's what I was getting at, yeah. Yeah, there there definitely is. And, I mean, he's done other movies that are similar to that, 
but that's another point against Hubie Halloween. Like, that's just not funny to me. Mm-hmm. Or I, I guess, I mean, did Hubie Halloween, was that, like, received well? Yes, it was, actually. Okay, so that is funny to a lot of people, but not ju- just not me and a few others, I guess. <laughs> I mean, whatever. People like Adam Sandler movies. He's going to keep doing his thing. And we'll keep talking shit about him. Except for here, where we're going to praise it. Right now, in ratings. Jonathan, on any rating scale you want, what's it going to be? I really couldn't think up a good number rating for this. So it's going to be a Yabra or a Nabra. And it's a Spoilers rating system. Nah, I didn't want to do yes or no's. It's a Yabra or Nabra. Yeah. So (laughs) It's different. Yeah, it's going to be a Yabra for me. and And I really just don't have a great reason why. I like it. It's nostalgic. Um, I like that this was the first movie Adam Sandler got to write. And even though I think it was Universal that produced it, they hired a writer to change a lot of his shit. And he said, fuck you. I'm still going to record it the way that I wrote it anyways, without taking Universal's changes. And the fact that the director let him do that too. um, I think it it was kind of a big fuck you to the guys that were trying to conform him to what they wanted and and he still came out on top with it and it, was, it pretty much launched his career after Saturday Night Live it's still funny it's funny for reasons that I can't explain there it's dumb for a lot of reasons that we can explain and it's just going to be one of those things that I'll keep enjoying for a long time awesome I'm going to go next I'm just going to stick with my normal rating scale, which, as I've mentioned, is, you know, it, it's very inconsistent, so forgive me. But I'm going to give it 6 out of 10 alcohol-induced penguin hallucinations. Mm. I do like this movie, and it is a big, dumb movie, but it's not a big, dumb movie in the way that we started this podcast. It's not a Fast and the Furious movie kind of big, dumb movie, but this movie is uh, well-known. And it is stupid. And Adam, Candler's, Adam Sandler's character in this movie is stupid. I don't think this movie was actually a theatrical success, I'm pretty sure, because the budget was $20 million and the box office return was $26.4 million. That's not good. I think where this movie picked up was probably home video, as a lot of movies did in that time. But it got some, I think, goodwill for Adam Sandler to continue doing his thing, which he did a lot of after this. I think right after this, next year, Happy Gilmore came out. Or maybe it was even the same year. But uh, he really was just churning them out at the time. I think of those kind of movies, this one might be my favorite. A couple other ones I consider to be okay. Maybe The Wedding Singer, but I don't like Adam Sandler movies as a whole. I will say that because he's done so many that I just fucking can't stand. This one, though, just going to talk about this one. It's a spoilers rating, yes. It's a big, dumb movie, 6 out of 10, whatever. Our numbers don't matter. But yeah, I, I do like it. Pappy, what about you? Yeah, it's so funny that, Jonathan, you did like a binary rating because uh, I'm going to go to spoilers, yes or no, because I, I was really trying to think about what I would give this even out of 10 or like on a Letterboxd scale. Like I rewatched it. I didn't even bother to log it on Letterboxd, so I didn't know what to give it. So I'm going to give it a yes. I've been using the word litmus test a lot on like the podcast that I've been on. Cause I'm just trying to find some value for you, the listener, where if you can just see 
do I like this? And this is going to inform my decision on a lot of other like pieces of art or, or media or even like the whole like, you know, work in general. You'll watch this scene. Do you like it? You're going to like the movie. This is a litmus test for Adam Sandler's career. Basically, I said at the beginning of the, the pod, I consider this like kind of the high watermark of this kind of comedy. I put un uncut gems aside. It's just like a different thing. It's, if you like this, you'll probably find joy or comfort in a lot of his other movies. If you don't like this, there's no point in going back and like going over his, his uh, body of work. This is as good as this kind of dumb comedy can possibly be. And I think a big difference is like, I was like, I was trying to like kind of like talk with Corey or, or talking with Corey at the end of the podcast. I think a big difference between this and some other comedies is this kind of optimism that it has to it or, or just kind of a general sense of positivity. And there were no, this is so rare too, that for a 90s comedy, there were no jokes that were like punching down or there was nothing that was like, you know, super homophobic or, or something that was like, man, that just, just does not play well today. And I think that actually, it's a small thing, but it does go a long way in a sense of like, if it's, is a movie going to be timeless or is it not going to be timeless? So a good litmus test for Sandler, a good fun hour and a half, less than 90 minutes, I think like 89 minutes at the movies. Just, I love this movie. It's a classic for me, a lot of nostalgia there. So a, a good solid yes on the spoiler scale. I, I feel like Pappy, you were thinking of Ace Ventura when you were describing that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a little bit of Ace Ventura, a little bit of It's Pat, <laughs> maybe yeah. a little bit of everything. <laughs> Both movies that we did episodes on over at spoilers right happy you want to tell the audience about spoilers and where they can find you Corey, your transition game is on fucking fire this podcast but yeah i'm over at spoilers podcast if you look for movie spoilers uh you can listen to Corey talk about more movies we have to have jonathan on at some point have a full-on crossover definitely but uh orange spoilers bull logo look for spoilers uh we do a lot of big dumb movies similar type situation so if you like this format just make sure you're subscribed to both feeds you get a lot of Corey, a lot of pappy a lot of joshes in your feed that's right and you the listeners i want to thank you all for enduring this with us thank you for listening i really appreciate it and thank you for the listener that suggested this if you guys want to send more suggestions you can email us at bigdumbmovie at gmail.com i'm pretty active on instagram bigdumbmoviepodcast you can find us there Send us a message. Send us a request. Just talk to us, man. Like my memes. I put some pretty good memes on there, too. All right, well, I guess that's it. Thank you all for listening. We love you. Good night. <laughs>